the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I was told we have three minutes to try to sum up the life of my father, Billy Graham. I'm going to take less than three minutes because my siblings took a little more. I just want you to know that my father was fat. He was faithful, he was available, and he was teachable. And I want each one of you to remember that. Faithful, available, teachable. May we all be that way. And thank each one of you for coming and giving us this honor and the honor to my father. Thank you. And that's the Billy Graham son you might not be as familiar with, with uh, the other members of the family. That was Nelson Edmund Ned Graham, born in 1958. Welcome to this Friday edition of the Bill Bunkley Show. And uh, it is a day where we have uh, had a chance to pay our final respects to America's pastor, Dr. Billy Graham, in a very fitting, a very moving Uh, Final crusade, if you will. That's what the family was calling the memorial service on the grounds of the family's dairy plantation, which today is also the home of the Billy Graham Library. Of course, uh, it was um, filled with the presence of not only the president of the United States, the vice president of the United States and their wives and a host of dignitaries and a host of people from Christendom here in America. Well, it was uh, a very fitting day, and we're going to be bringing you excerpts of that here in just a moment. But uh, for those of you joining us uh, from the biz this afternoon, let me give you the closing numbers since it's been a very turbulent week in the markets. Uh, Closing it out here on a Friday afternoon, we got some final numbers that could uh, still adjust a little bit as they're closing everything down. But right now, uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was off about uh, 70 points, closing at 24,538. However, the S&P 500 uh, made some ground back today, closing up 13.58 at 26.91. NASDAQ as well in positive territory, up 77.31, closing at 72.5787. So with all of the turmoil over uh, uh, tariffs in the steel and aluminum industries and what that means throughout um, the economy. That uh, did not have a a very heavy spillover today, though yesterday a little bit of damage done, and we're going to be looking and seeing how that's going to affect the market moving forward. Well, we want to bring you some of the excerpts primarily from Franklin Graham, the son of Billy Graham as today was the opportunity for us to have uh, a look by way of uh, either cable or uh, Fox News, I know, was also broadcasting the service live from there in Charlotte. 
Now, before we do, give you a little bit of a programming note. Uh, coming up a little bit later on during this program, Colleen Kelly Alexander is going to be with us. She's written a book, Gratitude in Motion. And uh, I want to tell you that she has quite a testimony. Uh, she was run over by a hit-and-run driver. And uh, she was a runner, com- competing athlete. Athlete. In fact, she was here last week for the Gasparilla Distance Classic. And uh, we were scheduled to have her, I believe, on the program that the shooting broke out at Parkland. And uh, we had to reschedule her. So she's with us today. So you don't miss that story coming up bottom of the hour. Then as we roll into the second hour of the Bill Bunkley Show over on our Faith Talk stations, we're going to be uh, having a conversation with uh, Jeff Johnston, who's the issues analyst for Focus on the Family, talking about sex-segregated activities for kids, particularly in sports and in wrestling. We'll talk about that uh, in the first portion of the second hour. Then we'll head out to California and my discussion with Ben Kaiser. And the first topic I want to engage him on is the fact that uh, former Governor Mike Huckabee um, of Arkansas was named to the Country Music Award Foundation. And uh, he was forced, not forced, but he resigned after 24 hours. And that's because uh, apparently the intolerance of some of the folks that run that board didn't like his faith, didn't like his stand on guns. And uh, interesting conversation because I'm, I don't know much about country music, but a lot of country music is about faith in God. Quite frankly, faith in the Christian God, Jesus. And there's uh, some feelings about weapons, uh, I think, in country music. So looks like it's sort of a hypocritical um, move on their part, but we'll talk about that with Ben Kaiser. Don't want to miss that. Well, today, as Dr. Billy Graham is about to be laid at rest with the shell of his body. And let's let's be very clear. For those of us uh, who are Christ followers, uh, none of us believe that uh, Billy Graham is in that casket. The shell of his body is there after 99 years of um, enabling him to uh, be on this earth. But um, he is absent with the body, present with the Lord, the moment of his death, reunited with uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, who he pointed people to through to throughout his whole life, and of course his beloved Ruth Graham and a number of other people. But um, you know, it was a great day, not because it was Billy Graham, the rejoicing that was going on in heaven, as was mentioned in the funeral today. It was just a great day because that's what happens with any of the saints who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. That's the reception that happens. Uh, multiple times each and every 24-hour segment. Well, Franklin Graham opened up that uh, they were here to honor God. And setting the stage, let's, uh, let's start listening in to excerpts from today's memorial service. We have come here today to honor a man of God. The library in back of us tells about the journey of faith that my father traveled his entire life. My father preached on heaven, told millions how to find heaven. He wrote a book on heaven. And today, he's in heaven. His journey is complete. And uh, you could not have a discussion about his journey without talking about uh, his beloved Ruth. 
and also about his mother as the funeral was held right there on the grounds, right there at the home where Billy Graham was raised. You may wonder how I best remember my father. Well, I cannot remember my father without remembering my mother. She loved my father. He loved her. He adored her. She was his soulmate in life. And when she passed away 11 years ago this coming June, it was a big hole in his heart. He missed my mother. And not only did he miss his mother, but as his ministry was coming to, his public ministry was coming to a close prior to her passing on, well, let's let's hear a little bit about how Billy really missed his wife, Ruth, very much all of those years. He had a big picture of her at the foot of his bed on the wall. And he could lie in bed and look at that picture of my mother. Sometimes I'd come in there to see him and he'd say, Franklin, I miss your mother more today than I've ever missed her in my life. The last few years of my mother's life, my mother was sick in bed and she would lie in bed on her side and my father would come in and he'd sit beside her and the two of them would look at each other. Just look at each other, in, I mean, eye to eye for hours. And if I sat in the room, I felt a little uncomfortable, like I was intruding. Um, He loved her, and she loved him. My mother was a part of my father's life at every turn. Mm. And when you think about that special relationship, of which causes all of us to think about our relationships, well, Reverend Graham talked about some of those special one-on-one walks that he had with his dad, and he wanted not only those gathered there in Charlotte, but all of us who were listening around the world this afternoon, that the Billy in public was the Billy at home. When I think about my father, I, I can sit quietly and I can still hear his, his voice. A word of encouragement and sometimes a word of caution. There were quite a few of those. I can recall him at home just laughing with our children. He had a great sense of humor. He loved his grandchildren, great-grandchildren, all of his family. And I remember we would take walks together along the mountain trails above, above his log home there in Montreat. But the Billy Graham that the world saw on television, the Billy Graham that the world saw in the big stadiums, was the same Billy Graham that we saw at home. There weren't two Billy Grahams. And you know, as Franklin was sharing today, and uh, the next um, the next uh, bite I want you to hear is how his kids were raised in the Lord when he was home and that they learned their worldview of the world they gained through their father's sharing. Let's listen in. He loved his family. He stood by us. He comforted us. He left us an enduring legacy. His uncompromising testimony of God's great love. All of us children came to see the world and our Father in heaven through my father's eyes. Mm. And when you think about the number of countries 
and the number of people who now have a relationship with Jesus Christ and uh, all of that because of one man, um, that was quite a vision he had for the world. I think the most compelling vision I have ingrained in my memory is my father, the preacher, the evangelist, standing behind this pulpit right here in stadiums around the country and around the world and his voice booming proclaiming the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, one final cut I want you to hear before we take a break Um, and that is you probably heard it. It's been replayed several times since he went home to be with the Lord. And it was uh, his testimony of uh, the moment that he would die. And uh, remember, you might have heard it where he just changed addresses. Let's listen in. He has often said that someday you'll read that Billy Graham is dead. He said, don't you believe one word of it? He said, I'll be more alive than I am now. I would have just changed addresses, that's all. And one of the intimate testimonies before we take a break, and that is the Sundays when Franklin Graham would travel to his bedside and they'd spend some time together, even though in the last year, Dr. Graham didn't say a whole lot. Number eight. We'll have more from the memorial service for Dr. Billy Graham coming up in a moment. And that is uh, the bagpiper who um, led the procession after the service. I'm Bill Bunkley. Be right back. Bell Shoals Baptist Church in Brandon with Christian comedian Leslie Norris Townsend. Ladies, 
husband or do, do some, he just hates to wash the clothes, but he loves to wash the car. Laugh out loud with several hundred of your BFFs. Do you know what I do? I put all of his dirty underwear in the rag pile by the car. For our ladies expo, featuring shopping, giveaways, desserts, and light hors d'oeuvres, with food trucks on hand ready to satisfy your appetite for fun. Faith Talks Ladies Night Out with Leslie Norris Townsend, Thursday, March 22nd, from 5 to 9 at Bell Shoals Baptist Church. Last year's event sold out, so get your tickets early. Tickets and information at letstalkfaith.com. That's letstalkfaith.com. Just as I am, the signature offertory music. And that's Michael W. Smith in a rotunda. You know, today's music, uh, several notables were there, but uh, it was good to see Bill Gaither and the Gaither Vocal Band, as well as Michael W. Smith as well. And they... um, the service uh, included four or five of the old, very, very traditional, very, very on-point uh, theological mes- messages of the saving grace of Jesus Christ and of uh, God the Father. Well, we'll have a little treat for you coming back just before we sign off in the 5 o'clock hour, and that is uh, Franklin talking about some of those special days on Sundays he spent with his father that I just referenced before the break. and. In the last year of Dr. Graham's life, uh, he, he didn't have a lot to say. Frankly, we just sit with him. We'll bring you that in just a few moments. Don't want to miss that. But, um, you know, there are a few things that, uh, as Franklin said, his uh, his father, Billy Graham, would want uh, us to know. And I think he would want you to know. So let's go ahead and take you back uh, and um, let's, uh, let's understand what uh, Billy Graham was all about. There are a few things that my father would want me to share with you today, and I'll take just a moment. My father would want you to know that he believed the Bible to be the infallible Word of God. He didn't understand it all, but he sure believed it all. The Bible was his sole authority. When he preached, he always took the Bible to the pulpit with him. And for most of his messages, he would hold the Bible in his hand. And he would quote scripture after scripture. His sermons were filled with scripture. And when he would quote the scripture, he'd always say, the Bible says. Why? Because it was his authority. Mm. It was his authority. And, uh, you know, it's kind of lost on many people today, but... Billy Graham believed, as I do, in a real and a literal heaven and hell. My father believed in heaven. He also believed in hell. You see, Jesus preached on hell. Hell is reserved for the wicked, for those who refuse to repent of their sins and acknowledge God's Son, Jesus Christ, as their Lord and Savior. The Bible says that God doesn't want anyone to perish. But all should come to repentance. This motivated my father to preach the gospel 
with urgency. He wanted to warn men and women of the consequences of their sins, that one day we would all have to stand before God to give him an account of our lives, that there was a judgment coming. And you know, there is something very huge that Dr. Graham preached about uh, every time that he was sharing, and there's a big separation that can come between us and God. The Bible tells us that man has been separated from God by sin. And sin is a disease of the human soul, the human heart, and it has infected the entire human race. The Bible tells us that we have all sinned and we have all come short of God's standards, His glory. And the penalty of sin is death, not just physical death, but spiritual death for eternity. Mm. And there was one verse that Dr. Billy Graham loved. It was one of his favorite verses. The best news ever declared is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. This verse was probably in every message my father ever preached because it demonstrates the love of God. It gives hope to the lost world. Mm. And, you know, it's one thing to be helpless. It's another thing if one becomes hopeless. Hope was a central message in Dr. Graham's preaching. When one reads the papers or listens to the news, we wonder, what hope is there? But 2,000 years ago, God broke through the darkness of sin and sent his son down from heaven to this earth to identify with us to bring us the light of salvation. The man Christ Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And you know, Dr. Graham talked about that salvation. It can't be bought. It can't be bartered. Well, you know what? It's a free gift. It's all about grace. The Bible says, for it's by grace that you've been saved through faith. And it's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Millions today are searching for the way. Where do I go? What do I do? Jesus said, follow me. He said, I'm the way. As Franklin Graham is sharing earlier today at his father's father's memorial, what he's really doing is asking you and I the question, if today was our funeral, where would we be going? Just a few days ago, my father followed Jesus all the way to heaven. Most of his life was spent traveling the world, but the last week he embarked on the journey he had been looking forward to all of his life, the journey from earth to heaven. How about you? If this were your funeral, would you be in heaven? Are you sure? Well, are you sure? And by the way, Dr. Graham firmly believed that when you die naturally on earth, you don't die. You're going to one or two places. So the question is, how about you? How about today, Jesus? And how about eternal life? Jesus still calls us to follow him today. Jesus said, I'm the truth. Many ask today, what is truth? With all the lies and false information, what is the truth? 
Jesus said, I am the truth. And all truth is found in him. He said, I'm the life. Most people spend their wages improving and trying to have a more comfortable life. If we follow him and trust him and believe him to be true, he will give us not a better life. He doesn't promise that. He doesn't promise us a more comfortable life. But he does promise us eternal life. Mm. And uh, very important to hear Franklin Graham just share this last bit of what we believe to be biblical truth about the road that leads to Jesus. Jesus tells us that no one comes to the Father except through him. The world, with all of its political correctness, would want you to believe that there are many roads to God. It's just not true. How could Jesus make these claims? How could he say that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by him? You see, Jesus was God in the flesh. And that was uh, Reverend Reverend Graham talking about his father, Dr. Billy Graham, and sharing the gospel this afternoon. And uh, it's very simple. All you have to do if you'd like to become a Christian today is to ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, ask him to come into your heart. Well, we'll have a couple of other closing comments from Franklin Graham later on our program. Don't go away. Be right back. God is my shepherd. With SRN News, I'm Val Dior. Police are searching for a young man suspected of killing two people at a Central Michigan University residence hall. On the same day, parents were arriving to pick up students beginning their spring break. They released a photo of James Eric Davis Jr., urging the public to call 911 if you see him, but also warning that the 19-year-old should not be confronted. Unnamed sources say the two victims were his parents. A University of Michigan freshman gymnast is the first man to come forward with alleged, uh, with allegations, that is, of sexual abuse against disgraced former sports doctor Larry Nasser. Jacob Moore was added as a plaintiff Wednesday to a federal lawsuit filed by hundreds of women. He says Nasser treated him for shoulder pain by administering acupuncture in and around his private area. On Wall Street today, the Dow closing down 71 to 24,538. NASDAQ closing up 77, S&P closing up 14. You are listening to SRN News. Don't let the morning rush keep you from God's Word. Weekday mornings at 8, it's Moments of Hope with David Chadwick. And I want to invite you to find your worth in an inward reality of who you are in Christ. And at 8.30, Turning Point with David Jeremiah. This book is not just for us to intellectually assimilate, but there's something in here for us to do. Strength for your morning. Faith Talk, AM 570, AM 910, and FM 102.1. Don't miss the Jewish Federation's Happy Birthday Israel celebration. Experience the Keshet Chaim Dance Ensemble using melody, rhythm, and ethnic contemporary movement to preserve Jewish tradition and stories. Enjoy as leading international group The Shook perform their take on traditional Jewish music. The Happy Birthday Israel celebration, Sunday, March 11th at 7 p.m. at the Jewish Federation Campus, 580 McIntosh Road. For tickets, go to jfedsrq.org. That's jfedsrq.org. Are you a small business owner in need of cash to fund payroll, to buy new equipment, or to expand your business? Has your local bank turned you down? Have you been told no when you really, really need to hear yes? 
Get cash to run your business right now. Call Strategic Funding and get a yes today. 800-210-6998. If you've been in business for at least a year, have annual revenue of at least $150,000 and minimum credit score of 550, we can provide you with up to $500,000. Our unique financing service can get you the cash you need with very flexible payment plans, personalized to fit your specific situation. Growing your business just got a lot easier with approval in as little as one day. Stop worrying and call Strategic Funding today for a no-obligation consultation. 800-210-6998. Windshields are all about safety and so is Autoglass America. If your windshield is damaged and you have comprehensive insurance, we'll install a premium quality replacement with a lifetime warranty at no cost to you. We'll buy back your damaged windshield for up to $100 cash on the spot and come to you with free mobile service. Keep your family safe. Call us today. Remember, if it's chipped or cracked, we'll buy it back. 813-96-GLASS. That's 813-96-GLASS. Autoglass America. Know the truth with Pastor Philip DeCourcy. His freedom was limited. He ends up in prison. His life is cut short. But that's okay. When you're a forerunner, it's all about preparing the way, clearing the way, and getting out of the way. You're expendable. It's okay to be a link in a chain of God-given reactions. Weekday mornings at 9.30 on Faith Talk 570 WTBN. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Hey, we're back. It's uh, Friday afternoon, and uh, coming up a little later on during this hour, we'll have some of the final comments from Reverend, Reverend Franklin Graham at the memorial service for his dad. But, you know, there are times when we have challenges in our life. There are times when, um, well, we have small challenges, big challenges. And I want to tell you, my next guest uh, overcame is has overcome some very, very big challenges. She is Colleen Kelly Alexander. She's an author, inspirational speaker, a spokesperson, and member of the Red Cross Board of Directors. She's written a book that uh, I think you ought to really pick up. It's called Gratitude in Motion. And, in fact, uh, part of the miracle is that she was with us uh, last week for the Gasparilla Distance Classic, and we wanted to talk to her about uh, her story. Uh, She's a lifelong athlete. She has an opportunity to to speak to others and inspire others with her story and her spirit and, uh, quite frankly, the the spirit of survival. And uh, with that, she's a great encourager. I want you to hear from her about her story. Colleen Kelly Alexander, thanks for being with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Well, I want to jump right in in the time that we have because um, it was a day in Connecticut and um, you've been a lifelong competitive triathlete up to that day, and you were riding your bike home from work. Tell our audience uh, how the day quickly changed. Mm. Well, the day was the opposite of today, which is uh, a nor'easter and very windy. It was a a gorgeous fall day, sunny skies, and unfortunately um, a freight truck came down a side street and blew the stop sign um, and ran me over with front and back sets of tires. So um, my day 
changed very, very, very quickly and drastically in our, our whole path of where we wanted to be in life and where we were hoping to to go um, changed in a blink of an eye. Mm. Well, you were there on the street. And by the way, you knew a little bit, uh, at least uh, there, because you are an, an, an EMT yourself, former EMT, and the the um, the injury was such that uh, you were bleeding out. Talk about that, because what, what what a thing to go through when you're a triathlete. Yeah, um, for anybody to go through, I think. So I I was run over by front and back set the tires, and my body was literally uh, ripped apart. The trauma surgeon said it's similar to those old-fashioned apple apple peelers, and you put the apple on and you turn it, and it peels the skin off. Um, that's essentially what happened to about 50% of my body, my skin. So my pelvis was snapped in half, my femoral was ripped, um, and I was pretty much gutted open by the tire treads. So um, I, thankfully, because I, I think I was an EMT years prior, I put myself into uh, basically like a triage trauma mode. Um, we go into fight or flight, and I definitely went into full-blown um, fight. And I knew that my time was pretty slim. I kept myself alert um, by screaming and mm. just pleading to stay alive uh, until I got to the trauma bay and, and flatlined because I just run out of blood. Mm. Now, in addition to that, as you're recovering, you lose your job. And then because of who you are, who you were, you've got the, the effects of this horrible, horrible crash. And by the way, the, the driver didn't stop. And you have a, a situation where you're dealing with PTSD. How was it that you were able to, to just bring it all back together and to begin this road of recovery, not just physically, but mentally? Mm, um, it's been a long, a long process. I think, uh, I have a pretty strong relationship with God and my husband and my family. I had some pretty strong resiliency factors going into the trauma um, as far as just who I was and what I've done previously and and uh, that I think helped a long way. And um, I had overcome brain surgery. I'd already been living with lupus. Um, we were trying to have our firstborn. Mm. Um, this just wasn't the time. <laughs> This wasn't it for me. Um, so, yeah, I, I just I, I fought as, as hard as I could to be here today. And I think um, we as human beings give ourselves far less credit than we should. Um, we are worthy of getting through some pretty horrific stuff um, when we believe in ourselves and we just don't give ourselves the option to do anything but to fight through it. Mm. And, of course, uh, this is showcasing her book that I'm recommending today, Gratitude in Motion. And my guest is Colleen Kelly Alexander, the author of the book. And, by the way, you can connect with her at ColleenKellyAlexander.com. That's C-O-L-L-E-E-N-K-E-L-L-Y-A-L-E-X-A-N-D-E-R.com. ColleenKellyAlexander.com. So, you, you, because I know your story, you, you died medically twice in 48 hours when the truck hit you. Um, and you're dealing with the doctors there, <clears throat> and your body's having to be reconstructed. What were you dealing with? Uh, you were there, I believe, dealing with a Yale surgeon. Um, how'd those conversations go and, and, and part of the process where 
You're just trying to make sure you get yourself to where you're going to fight for this. You're going to fight for your life. You're going to fight to come back. Well, the first five and a half weeks, I was in an induced coma. So I was really at the mercy of the medical staff um, to be able to live and the machines that were keeping me alive. And after that, I went to a rehab hospital. Um, I was terrified. My um, I had atrophied so much from uh, not even breathing on my own, let alone eating on my own or doing anything for myself. I had you know machines doing everything for me that I was so weak I couldn't even speak um, for the first week and a half, two weeks because my, my vocal cords were atrophied. And um, mm. I, I think as time went on, I started to understand the magnitude of the, what happened to me and also the magnitude of how many people needed to participate for me to be alive. Um, blood donors to start. I had over 78 units um, just within the first two days because my femoral was ripped. So as quickly as I'd get blood in, I'd just bleed out and die again. Um, and the knowledge of the fact that my heart's beating because of all these people that just rolled up their sleeves uh, to give the gift of life and uh, gave chest compressions, you know, and rotated my body. And they didn't give up on me, so um, I didn't have the right to give up on me either. You know, I'm part of a, a much bigger, uh, it's not just about me. I'm part of the human family and I've got a lot of work to do. Mm. From the day of the accident to the day you were be able, being able just to walk or maybe take those first steps of getting back to what you love to do. And that is, um, the, the, you know, the competition. How long was that period? Oh, um, well, I've never been able to get back to, quote-unquote, racing. Um, I now just participate, mm-hmm. <laughs> so sure. it's a huge difference. But that, well, that's huge. The first, yeah, it is, it's awesome. It's far more than anyone ever, ever thought. But the first event that I did post-trauma was almost a year, and I did it with my walker and uh, my wound vac and my bags and, and whatnot, and uh it was a five-mile road race close to home, and you could also walk it. And I decided that I wanted to try to wow. uh, raise enough awareness about how much blood that I had and to work with the local blood drives to see if we could really um, try to bring in at least that many units uh, during the time that I was walking those five miles. So that kind of started my impetus for doing things for um, – for change and and awareness and being very purpose driven, and uh, from there I just I continued doing racing events. I would just uh, <laughs> I would train and then get as strong as I could and do an event, and then I'd go back in for a surgery. So for me, um, I was no longer training uh, to compete per se. I was training to get as strong as I could to go in for my next um, my next round of anesthesia, really. And the races were a way that I could feel somewhat normal. Um, and my husband and I could feel somewhat normal because, uh, you know, for, for that little bit of time, even though I was either in a wheelchair or wherever I was, we were out of the house and, um, you know, we were, we were part of something bigger, which Mm. was really healthy for us. Hmm. Let me ask you this, uh, Colleen Kelly Alexander, and of course you you share about this in your book, Gratitude in Motion, but you've had to deal with chronic pain and overcome it. 
you've had to deal with with uh, PTSD, uh, and you've had to deal with depression. There are people listening to this show today who are dealing with chronic pain, uh, PTSD, and depression. Uh, do you have a word for them? And and then we'll we'll talk a little bit about. Um, what you hope readers will take away from your book, but what's your word for those that are struggling to the very things you have walked through? Uh, to be gentle with yourself and that chronic pain is, uh, it's, it's horrible. And the thing is, when you have chronic pain, you know that there isn't necessarily going to be this fix. It's something, it's chronic. It's something that you're going to have your whole life and depression and anxiety um, there's something that I deal with on a daily basis, and we have to learn that it's okay to be messy sometimes. Um, it's okay to be vulnerable sometimes. And uh, I know as a woman it's easier for me to say that uh, for a lot of men. that I know they have a little bit, uh, a little more trepidation um, being vulnerable or asking for help and really just encouraging people to know that they are of no less by needing assistance sometimes um, and taking care of yourself. So, you know, more than anything, I think it's, uh, it's about just meeting yourself where you are. And we have to break down the barriers of mental illness and depression and chronic pain. And, uh, you know, people are afraid to talk about it because they think that other people don't want to hear it. And um, sometimes that's the case. And that doesn't mean that we don't need to take care of ourselves. So, I want to remind you that uh, I got one more question. We got about less than two minutes left, but uh, I also want to remind our audience that you know it, it, there, there's um, a passage in her book that talks about uh, the point where you go through these things and you're mad at God. Uh, she'll talk about that. She'll also have some advice for family and friends that are helping folks go through these situations but again about a minute left and by the way the the book is gratitude in motion what do you hope the readers will take away once they have uh, put down the book after completing it we are a human family um and despite our massive differences we all um we all are children of the same god we all have the ability to help each other support each other and when we put aside a lot of those differences, we, we can be so much stronger when we work as a family unit. So that is the most important message I hope people understand. All right. Highly recommend pick up your copy of Gratitude in Motion. Colleen Kelly Alexander is my guest. That website is ColleenKellyAlexander.com, ColleenKellyAlexander.com. Talk about an overcomer. Talk about an overcover with God and uh, either yourself or someone else going through one of these situations. It's a must-read. Read. Colleen Kelly Alexander, thanks for being with us. Thank you so much. All righty. Again, that website, ColleenKellyAlexander.com. ColleenKellyAlexander.com. The book is Gratitude in Motion. What a story. What an inspiration. More of the Bill Bunkley Show coming up in a moment with some final thoughts from Franklin Graham at today's memorial service for... Dr. Billy Graham. Imagine not eating for days and not knowing when or if you'll ever eat again. 
That's the grim reality for poor families in Haiti. Odette doesn't know when she'll be able to feed her family again. She and her husband, Jerome, care for their two grandchildren after the death of their daughter. But because of their age and poor health, it's hard to find work. Odette knows that her grandchildren aren't getting enough to eat, but she has no way to find or buy food. Poor families like Odette's suffer with no hope. They have no idea how they will survive. But you can help. Today, you can provide food every day for the next year and a lifetime supply of clean, safe water through Food for the Poor. For just $50, you can ensure that Odette's grandchildren get the food and safe water they need to survive. Would you allow God to use you to save the lives of suffering children in Haiti and Guatemala? Please make your life-saving gift right now by calling 855-353-HOPE, 855-353-4673, 855-353-4673. You can also give by clicking the Give Life banner at letstalkfaith.com. 855-353-4673. I'm Jenna McFarlane. When I entered the Classical Academy of Sarasota in 10th grade, I had no idea the effect that it would have on my life. Caring teachers committed to virtue expanded my view of education in a way that I never even imagined was possible. TCA kept me busy with challenging material straight through to graduation, and because of this, I entered college fully prepared for the challenges to come. The Classical Academy of Sarasota. Contact us at tcasarasota.com. That's tcasarasota.com. Hello, I'd like to deposit this to checking. Fate is a fickle master. What? The future is uncertain. Okay, and what's my account balance? Ah, the horizon is cloudy. I see a long, treacherous voyage Um, filled with great peril. Look, can I just get a deposit slip or something? A fortune bank teller. Surprising. What's not surprising? How much you could save by switching to GEICO. I see a yellow-eyed serpent and a low APR. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Spearfishing has or will strike your business, wreaking havoc on your employees, brand, and your bottom line. Spearfishing can't be stopped by traditional email security solutions because messages appear to be legitimate from your boss, a trusted colleague, or a vendor asking you to wire money, confirm login credentials, or worse. Barracuda Sentinel is artificial intelligence for real-time spear phishing and cyber fraud defense. Reclaim your email in minutes with zero impact on network performance. Visit barracuda.com slash AI. Bill Bunkley here with a personal invitation to join me and my family on our 2018 10-day pilgrimage to Israel and Jordan. Be a part of this year's 70th anniversary marking Israel's statehood. Our tour host is renowned historian and EDI travel president Boaz Shalgi. Travel to Petra, the Dead Sea, Jericho, the Sea of Galilee, Nazareth, Bethlehem, Jerusalem, and much more. See where end times will unfold and visit custom locations gaining insight into Jesus geopolitical issues facing Israel today. The all-inclusive price is just $3,965 per person, double occupancy. For just $3,965, you'll receive round-trip airfare from Tampa, four- and five-star hotels, Wi-Fi-equipped motor coach, three meals daily, all taxes and tips. For more information, go to letstalkfaith.com or call us 813-515-1510. That's 813-515-1510. When was the last time the owners of a heating and A.C. company took time to share money-saving tips on your A.C. system? Learn how to save on costly repairs and maintenance during Keeping It Cool with Lance, the air guy, and the owners of ACS Home Services, Central Florida's heating and cooling experts. Visit acshomeservices.com and listen to Keeping It Cool every Saturday morning at 7 on Faith Talk AM 570, 910, and FM 102.1. 
Welcome back as we round out our first hour here on the Bill Bunkley Show. Some final, some final thoughts and some final words from Franklin Graham about his dad today. Dr. Billy Graham, memorial service there in Charlotte. What I wanted to play for you and just to, just to kind of understand that intimacy between a dad and his father uh, as a uh, Ruth Graham passed away. Dr. Billy Graham, of course, uh, loved his wife, and uh, the children would visit often. But Franklin talked about visiting his father on Sundays. And with a lot of disconnect with men's and fa- men and fathers and how we treat uh, our parents when they get older, let's listen in to some of the words from today from Charlotte. Every Sunday that I was home, I went to visit my father. Oh, he had- He'd love to walk when he could. I shared with things that we were doing. He would ask questions. We'd talk about the Bible. He liked to talk about politics, sports. But the last few years, he became rather quiet. In this last year of his life, he said very little at all. And I believe that his mind was on heaven. He often said, I'm not afraid to die, for I know the joys of heaven are waiting. If he could speak... To you today, he would ask, will you be making this journey to heaven someday? And, of course, that's the question I want to ask of you because there is a way for you to know that you know that you know that you can spend all eternity with Jesus. And um, if you just believe, and Dr. Franklin Graham was uh, sharing about that as well. He'll come into each and every heart that invites him. And if we repent of our sins and by faith believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says we will be saved. Are you saved? Are you forgiven? Are you trusting Jesus as your Savior? Are you following him as your Lord? If you're not sure, there'd be no better time than right now at Billy Graham's funeral to settle this once and for eternity is simply by faith, simply by believing. And if you were just to pray a simple prayer like this, just say in your heart, just say this in your heart, God, I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sins. Forgive me. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. And I want to trust him as my savior. And I want to follow him as my Lord. If you just pray a simple prayer like that, God will forgive your sins and you can have that hope of eternal life. And of course, I misspoke a moment ago. It's Reverend Franklin Graham, Dr. Billy Graham, but um, I think you know exactly what I was communicating. You know, the last time that we see our parents, if uh, both my mom and dad have gone on to be with the Lord, but um, as uh, Franklin was sharing about being with his father, that Sunday before Dr. Graham went home. Um, let's listen in. I last visited with my father Sunday, February the 18th. And on the 21st of February, he was escorted by God's angels to the throne of God. And I can only imagine what it was like for my father to step into heaven 
And there was the Lord Jesus Christ to say, well done, good and faithful servant. There was the throne of God. Can you just imagine that? My mother, his mother, father, friends, clapping, cheering, bells ringing, trumpets blowing. Not because it was Billy Graham. It's just another child of God has come home. Another child of God. And you know, there is a final thought when someone goes home to be a Lord, goes home to be with the Lord, especially if it's your mom or dad. And uh, let's hear a brief closing comment about that moment. Daddy, I won't, uh, I won't see you on this earth again, but I will see you again. I'll see you maybe soon, but not yet. To God be the glory. Well, we wanted to bring you uh, some important uh, excerpts from today's memorial service, and uh, you could not do that without uh, the sharing of the gospel, very much lining up with uh, how Dr. Graham shared the gospel for decades and decades and decades. And you, too, can have that eternal relationship with Jesus Christ. You can nail it down this afternoon. You just have to ask him into your heart, and uh, Dr. Graham would like you to consider that uh, on the day of this final crusade, his final tent crusade in Charlotte. Well, going to be taking a time out in just a moment. Uh, coming up uh, during the second hour of the Bill Bunkley Show, we'll have a chance to go to Colorado Springs, Springs, Colorado, talking with Jeff Johnston, issues analyst for Focus on the Family, talking about sex-segregated activities for kids. Then we'll head on out to California, talk to Ben Kaiser at Movie Guide, movieguide.org. Going to talk about uh, the 24-hour run of Mike Huckabee with the Country Music Award Foundation. Didn't like his values of God, didn't like his value on guns. A little interesting to me when you listen to a lot of the lyrics of country music. A little bit of a disconnect. We'll talk about that in a moment. And, of course, coming up uh, next on 13A The Biz, the Consumer Quarterback Show. On our answer stations, it'll be Jay Sekulow. And if you'd like to uh, spend the second hour with me, I'll be at AM 570, AM 510, and 102.1. Glad to have you with us. Ladies, how about we take a break for a night out? Faith Talks Ladies Night Out is coming up Thursday, March 22nd at Bell Shoals Baptist Church in Brandon with Christian comedian Leslie Norris Townsend. And you'd say any precious. <gasps> That's my husband. Come early for our Ladies Expo featuring shopping, giveaways, desserts, and light hors d'oeuvres. Faith Talks Ladies Night Out with Leslie Norris Townsend. Tickets and information at letstalkfaith.com. Weekday afternoons at 3, I Work For Him with Jim Brangenberg. I'm Jim Brangenberg, the host of I Work For Him. Who do you work for, really? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, your car payment, yourself, or your Lord? Your workplace is your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. I Work For Him with Jim Brangenberg. Weekday afternoons at 3 on Faith Talk 570 WTBN. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Faith Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park. Online at letstalkfaith.com. A service of the Salem Media Group. 
Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. Billy Graham was remembered as America's pastor at his funeral in Charlotte, North Carolina. Billy Graham's adult children are all speakers or preachers. I will preach the word. And Graham Watts made a pledge to her father. I will share the gospel and I will run my race and live my life so that five minutes before I see Jesus, I have no regrets. She said from heaven's perspective, her father's death is as significant as his life, and his life was very significant. Oldest son, Franklin Graham, said the Billy Graham people saw was what they saw at home. Daddy, I won't, uh, I won't see you on this earth again, but I will see you again. I'll see you maybe soon, but not yet. I'm Ed Donahue. New details are emerging on law enforcement actions during a deadly attack on a Florida high school. The Miami Herald reports a partial dispatch log from the Broward County Sheriff's Office shows the sheriff's captain told deputies to form a perimeter instead of confronting the gunman at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. An earlier report on the call logs published by Fox News showed that the shooting would have been over by the time the captain gave her order. Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel has said his office's training and nationwide active shooter procedure call for armed law enforcement officers to confront shooters immediately rather than secure a scene. The Florida Department of Law Enforcement is investigating the response to the shooting, which left 17 people dead. I'm Ben Thomas. Police are asking for the public's help as they search for a 19-year-old man suspected of killing two people at Central Michigan University. The shooting occurred in a residence hall on the campus in Mount Pleasant, Police say neither victim was a student. A mixed day on Wall Street as the Dow was down by 71 points, but the Nasdaq rose 77, the S&P advanced 14. More on these stories at townhall.com. Hey, this is Ricky from Banyan Hill. You like freedom? I do. You like money? I do too. If you like freedom and money, then you're going to love freedom checks. You see, over the next few months, an estimated $34.6 billion is up for grabs to anyone who stakes their claim. Yep, you heard that right, $34.6 billion. To get all the details, just go to www.freedomchecks123.com. Thousands of people are already lined up to cash in. Take Doug, for example. He's a 46-year-old from Joplin, Missouri, who's set to get a check for $24,075. And if Doug can do this, I've got a hunch that you can too. But here's the thing. If you want the chance to grab your full fair share of this $34.6 billion payout, you must have your ducks in a row by April 1st. So don't wait. Get over to www.freedomchecks123.com before the April 1st deadline. That's www.freedomchecks123.com. German Chancellor Angela Merkel has spoken with President Trump about Syria and both fully endorsed the latest ceasefire resolution. Merkel and Donald Trump agreed that Syrian government forces and their Russian and Iranian allies must abide by a UN Security Council ceasefire resolution. Following their call on Thursday, both urged Russia to stop participating in the bombardment of Damascus's rebel-held suburbs known as Eastern Ghouta. Merkel's spokesman says the ceasefire announced by the Russian side isn't being adhered to, and the Syrian regime, in particular, is constantly breaking it. Germany is appealing to all parties to the conflict to fully implement the resolution, with a particular responsibility on the part of Russia. I'm Charles de Ledesma. The worst of the nation's nasty flu season is finally over. U.S. health officials said Friday that the flu season apparently peaked in early February and has been fading since then. News and analysis at townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters.
Prince Harry and his fiancée, Meghan Markle, have invited well over 2,000 people to Windsor Castle to help celebrate their wedding. Kensington Palace says the couple will open up the castle grounds to 2,640 people from all walks of life to help them celebrate their big day. The guests will be able to watch the bride and groom arrive and be in a prime location to see their carriage procession after the May 19 ceremony. The number, however, does not include those invited into the castle's St George's Chapel, which seats just 800. Around 1,000 of those invited into the grounds will be members of the general public, while 200 will represent charities and other organisations supported by the couple. Charles Ledesma, London. Regulators in Maine say the catch of lobsters fell to its lowest level since 2011 last year. The Maine Department of Marine Resources says fishermen in the state caught a little more than 110.8 million pounds of lobster last year. More on these stories at townhall.com. This hour of the Bill Bunkley Show is sponsored in part by EDI Travel. Christ demands first place. There's no room on the throne of your heart for two gods. This is the Bill Bunkley Show on Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTVN. Our rights come from nature and God and not from governments. History will record with the greatest astonishment that those who had the most to lose did the least to prevent its happening. Phone lines are open in Hillsboro, 813-287-5700 or toll free, 1-877-943-9673. As for me and my house, we've already made a decision. We are going to serve the Lord. And that's a decision that every single person here tonight has to make. You either have to decide that you're going to serve the gods of materialism all around or the true and the living God. And now, the president of the Florida Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission. Here's Bill Bunkley. Hey, welcome back. Bill Bunkley here on a Friday afternoon. And if you have been with us uh, during the first hour, glad that you're still with us. And if you've uh, broken free or 5 o'clock is uh, your time that you can plug in with our program, hey, glad to have you back. Well, it's Friday afternoon, and uh, keeping our tradition going very strong, we're going to have a chance to go out to Colorado Springs, Colorado, with our friends to Focus on the Family. Today we have Jeff Johnston, who's the Issues Analyst for Focus, and they're going to be talking about sex-segregated activities for kids. And that certainly seems to be hitting the headlines. We'll talk about uh, the importance uh, of the gender of male and female, We'll talk about what's happening in the area of sports, particularly a couple of uh, of uh, stories uh, out of uh, the wrestling competition and um, something that uh, I think is going to be a very uh, important topic for us to cover this afternoon. So that's coming up in just a moment. Then uh, at the bottom of the hour, we'll head out a little bit uh, more west to the, uh, to the left coast and our friends at Movie Guide in California. We're going to be talking a little bit about Mike Huckabee. And uh, he served for right at 24 hours on the Country Music Award Foundation Board. Didn't like his values, didn't like his position on guns, so they booted him. We'll talk about that and some of the articles uh, at Movie Guy coming up with Ben Kaiser. So more of the Bill Bunkley Show coming up in a moment. Don't go away, because we'll be right back.
We're building new memories at the 2018 Florida Strawberry Festival. Today is Publix Food and Fun Friday. Bring any Publix brand non-perishable item and get $5 off the $30 wristband. Ride all day for just $25. Don't miss the legendary Jerry Lee Lewis at 3.30 and Justin Moore with Dylan Scott at 7.30 on the Wish Farm Soundstage. Tomorrow is Cam. Then, Big and Rich featuring Cowboy Troy. The 2018 Florida Strawberry Festival, now through March 11th, with hundreds of exhibits, arts and crafts, free entertainment, and awesome food, featuring Plant City's delicious strawberry shortcake. Get details and tickets today at flstrawberryfestival.com. That's flstrawberryfestival.com. Or visit a participating public supermarket for discount admission tickets. The 2018 Florida Strawberry Festival. <coughs> Building new memories. This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. As we commemorate the life and ministry of Dr. Billy Graham today, there is much that can and should be said about his legacy. But I also have to speak about him in a very personal way. In 1993, when I was elected president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, he indicated he wanted to do whatever he could to help me in the cause of recovering and reforming the school, moving it in a very confessionally, decidedly conservative direction. So I asked him to speak at my inauguration as president of the seminary, and he did. He pointed to the gospel, he pointed to Christ, and he gave an enormous word of affirmation that was invaluable to the great cause of recovering the institution I lead to this day. The best way to honor Billy Graham, I'm confident he'd say, is to preach the gospel he preached. Starting here, starting now. I'm Albert Moeller. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate program. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. Wouldn't it be great if Happily Ever After really was the end of the story? Ever After is just the beginning, but Happily is possible. You can learn the secret if you win a weekend to remember from family life. There's really no better weekend for a couple than to get away, just the two of you. Win a free weekend trip for a married couple to a weekend to remember marriage getaway with registration, hotel, meals, and travel expenses paid. To enter, just log on to our station website and use the keyword marriage. And when you enter, you'll also receive the free e-booklet, Nine Keys to a Lasting Marriage. Nine insights into building and strengthening a fulfilling marriage, just in time for Valentine's. Enter now to win a weekend to remember and get your free copy of Nine Keys to a Lasting Marriage from Family Life. Visit Let'sTalkFaith.com and enter the keyword marriage. Let'sTalkFaith.com, keyword marriage. Weekdays at 1 p.m. Don't miss Fresh Wind Radio with Dr. Jomo Cousins. Count it joy! When you fall to various trials and tested for the testing of your faith produces patience. And let patience have its perfect work that you might be complete and perfect and lacking nothing. Fresh Wind Radio with Dr. Jomo Cousins. Weekdays at 1 on Faith Talk 570 and online at letstalkfaith.com.
And we're back uh, during this second hour of the Bill Bunkley Show. Certainly delighted to have you all on board, as I mentioned a moment ago. Well, this is our time to get together with our friends at Focus on the Family. And Focus on the Family has such a wide and varied ministry, uh, such a go-to ministry for all of us, uh, for all sorts of uh, topics and subjects. And as we uh, take what the Word of God imparts to us in terms of uh, biblical truth and they help us to understand that and implement that in in sort of the modern lives that we have. Reminding you that FocusOnTheFamily.com is our source website. Well, Jeff Johnston is the issues analyst for Focus on the Family, and he works uh, researching and writing about a variety of subjects related to marriage, homosexuality, gender, and healthy sexuality. Though raised in a Christian home and actively, actively involved in his church growing up, Well, he struggled for years to reconcile his Christian faith with his same-sex attractions and sexual addiction. While working as a youth intern at a church in San Diego, he attended a conference, Hope and Healing for the Homosexual, which began his journey of healing and change. And since then, well, the Lord has allowed him to share the story of God's transforming power with churches, youth groups, schools, and with, well, the news media. Before joining Focus, um, Jeff served as director on the boards of Exodus International and Parents and Friends of Ex-Gays and Gays organization as far as uh, Exodus I'm very familiar with here in Florida and uh, other ministries dedicated to providing resources and support for men and women with unwanted sexual attractions and for their churches and families. In addition, he served as executive director of ministries in Baltimore and San Diego helping men and women move forward toward God's design for healthy sexuality. And Jeff Johnston, uh, your ministry and uh, what you contribute to focus and to our understanding uh, has been a magnificent thing. And I want to welcome you back to the Bill Bunkley Show. Hey, Bill. Thanks for having me back again. Well, let's talk about this topic because right here in Tampa, right here in Florida, though we uh, are much more conservative than some of the other states, but uh, basically in some of our uh, municipalities. One was Miami and also here in Tampa. You know, there's been movement afoot to uh, absolutely outlaw any ministry, any counseling whatsoever to be able to talk about someone about their sexuality and, and almost like you can't even talk about the fact that they'd like to maybe, uh, you know, take a take the road back to a heterosexual situation. Talk about that as a backdrop of our discussion today because the agendas in this country uh, are, hampering, are hampering churches and pastors just to share the love of God. That's right. Um, I think we can all uh, attest, if we've got our eyes open, that our culture has gone through a seismic shift in the last 40 or 50 years with issues related to sexuality, um, what it means to be male and female, are men and women different, and then uh, with issues like sexual pro- promiscuity and pornography and homosexuality. And what we're seeing, what what you mentioned was cities and states trying to ban counseling for those with unwanted homosexuality or those who are experiencing gender confused or gender confusion. And they may be believers and they want to steward their bodies and their sexuality in the way the Bible intends. And cities and states are beginning to ban that therapy for minors and some states are even moving towards banning it for adults and imposing uh, prison sentences and mm. fines on any counselor 
who were to help them, uh, a minor or an adult, live in line with biblical sexuality. So we've seen a real turning against the church and the church's message about how our sexuality is to be used. Jeff Johnson, let me ask you a question because uh, just in the recent headlines, and you've got your own personal testimony, not only the fact that I listen very carefully when you speak because you have uh, walked through some um, um, pathways in your life that gives you a very special platform, very special understanding, a very special bridge in these areas, but um, you also have a son that I want uh, to bring into the conversation, but but to set this up, uh, just uh, in the last couple of weeks, I forget what state it was. It may even be Colorado, but uh, there was the story of a, a transgendered individual who was competing in the state wrestling championship. Uh, and I think it was um, a male who um, has um, a transgendered or self-identifies as a, as a girl that person was allowed to compete in the girls wrestling championship. And I think if I got the story right, he was just, this person was the state champion last year is the state champion this year. And I guess I'm still trying to deal with the, the basics of the male and female body, male bodies, free hormones or anything. Uh, We've had, we've had segregated competition for years. And uh, it just always strikes me to where I have to take a pause. Walk us through that, because not only I'm sure you're aware of this situation, but tell us the story about your son. Well, the story you mentioned is is pretty confusing. Um, It's a girl in Texas who identifies as a boy. Okay, I got it flipped. I'm sorry. No, it's easy to do with all the pronoun (laughs) confusion and, and the reversals. So she believes she's a boy, and she's on testosterone, um, t- moving on a path towards you know changing her body so that it looks more masculine. <laughs> Good thing she's you not in the Olympics, right? Banned substance <laughs> or something like that, or am I, or am I, am well, I seeing something here I don't shouldn't see? Well, it's basically she's on steroids, male steroids, and she, they're allowing her to wrestle other girls, even though she's taking testosterone. Um, and we've seen other cases. There was a, a fighter, uh, Fallon Fox, who lived as a man for 30-some years and just um, really wailed on another a, a woman fighter. Um, he claimed that he's now a woman, and they let him fight women, and he sent her to the hospital. He beat her so badly. And part, part of that comes from what we know, that men and women are different, and men's bodies are different. They have um, – greater upper body strength typically, and uh, their bones are more dense typically. And so a a girl in Texas who's taking testosterone, that's going to be changing her body too so that she'll be more muscular like a boy is. Um, And it it is kind of ironic, as you mentioned, that I I, I deal with these issues for work, and now I'm dealing with it in my home life. Um, Colorado doesn't have enough girls to have a separate girls wrestling team as a sanctioned high school sport. So they only sanction boys wrestling. Um, but then there, the bylaws for the wrestling, um, for the state high school wrestling say that because there's no girls wrestling, any girls who want to wrestle have to wrestle on the boys team. And, you know, I'm sure they're doing this because they're afraid of lawsuits and maybe because of the desire for equality. But what that does is it puts male wrestlers in the extremely awkward position of sometimes having to wrestle 
a girl in high school, um, junior high and high school boys having to wrestle junior junior high and high school girls. And my son was put in that position. Mm. He's, a, he's a pretty good wrestler. Um, he was ranked fourth in the 3A schools in Colorado. Mm. And at the state tournament, which he'd qualified for, he was faced with the decision, do I wrestle a girl or not? And he had decided early in his career that he would not do this, that for him, this would not be a good decision. It wouldn't be a way to respect and honor women. Um, not to mention that this is an aggressive sport with a lot of close physical contact. Sometimes you're almost choking your mm-hmm, opponent mm-hmm. or twisting them in weird ways or pushing their head into the mat. And he didn't want to act that way towards a girl. And so he bowed out of that match, and that meant that um, he it, that counted as a loss for him, so he was out of the competition. So he lost his chance at, at going for top five or six in the state. Mm. Now, I'm just curious, did his school or his coach – was he um, was it was there was there any kind of ad, a negative attitude on behalf of his uh, wrestling uh, team, his coach or school for doing this? Uh, I mean, I'm just kind of curious how he was treated, because if he forfeits, which I 100% support him doing that, but it also will cost the school and uh, in other in other ways. How was he treated for for standing with his convictions? You know. He- with such a great group of guys um a bunch of them are in a wrestler's bible study together mm, amen and so they've talked about some of these issues and the the coach talked this through with him and was very supportive the the, the coach even talked about how um that kind of close contact where you're trying to pin somebody to the mat pin a girl to the mat really desensitizes a, a boy in some ways towards women um and he and i we we had talked about it. He also has a twin brother. They've talked about it a lot, and they've both made the decision that they wouldn't um, wrestle girls, and so they've been treated actually very well. Good. It, good. it is interesting though when I when I talk to people about this, um, people with a, a generally Christian worldview don't understand why the state would put a boy in that position. Of course. And then, and then there's others without a Christian worldview who say, "What's the big deal?" And um, part of it comes down to our faith, that we believe that God made us in his image, male and female, and that men and women are different, and they're both good. And, and part of healthy masculinity is to honor and respect and defend and protect women, not to try to slam them down to the mat. Mm. If you're just joining us, uh, Jeff Johnston, a good, good guest and friend to Focus on the Family. And you can connect at focusonfamily.com. He's the issue analyst for Focus. Uh, really works in the area of marriage, homosexuality, gender, and healthy sexuality. And today we're talking about um, what uh, years ago probably wouldn't even be a topic, but today the complex topic of sex-segregated activities for kids. And um, this goes right in line with what's been propagated for a long time. It is contrary to a Bible-based Christian worldview and that is God created us male and female, and uh, certainly uh, the guidebook for living, the owner's manual by the creator tells us how all that is supposed to work out. But we live now in a culture where the the lines are so blurred that the um, sexuality is blurred. And, and uh, you know, we have states that are saying, okay, 
parents or not parents and in the area of uh, of a four, five, six, eight-year-old little child, parents, you cannot bring them up as a boy and a girl or a girl. They get to choose what they want to be. Talk about the, you know, talk about the injected confusion, uh, especially on public school campuses. And then when you raise kids in this confusion, uh, there's no doubt that when you give the testimony that Christians ask why boys are wrestling girls, but others who don't have a Christian orientation don't get it, that is a very startling realization about uh, how this culture has transformed our Judeo-Christian biblical values. You're absolutely right. The Bible's really clear that men and women are different. We're both valuable, and masculinity and femininity both reflect something of who God is. And and it goes beyond Christianity. Every culture in the world uh, has recognized that uh, men and women are different. I mean, at the Olympics, that's why we have men's sports and women's sports. Um, and for privacy and safety reasons, we have different locker rooms and restrooms and changing facilities. But in the last 20 to 40 years, that's all being blurred by um, what we call the gender ideology, which says that there aren't any real male-female differences. Mm. Um, they're just a social construct, something that society came up with. Came up with, And there's an attempt to tear those down. And um, we're seeing it in the education world where uh, little kindergartners, children are being taught that um, there aren't just male and female, but that there are a wide variety of genders, a spectrum of genders, and that people can change between one and the other. And, and, and that's creating a great deal of confusion for our children about healthy masculinity and healthy femininity. And one of the, one of the ways the kids learn, a boy growing up learns how to be a healthy, thoughtful, respectful man is by connecting with other boys and, and men in yes. single-sex activities. So yeah. we used to have the Boy Scouts. Um, now they're open to women and girls. Um, and we used to have single-sex That's, sex why, that's why my 12-year-old is in trail life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trail life re- recognizes yeah. that men and yeah. women Amen. are different and that it's good for boys to have that, that boys-only situation. Um, I, I was just asking my son the other day, Um, You guys are in this wrestler's Bible study, and it's a bunch of boys. Would that be different if there were girls in the room? And they said, oh, yeah, (laughs) it would be be a totally different situation because men and women are different, and they react differently. And and part of how we grow into healthy masculinity as men is by connecting with our same-sex peers. And women, too, they learn about femininity and what it means to be a healthy woman by girls-only activities. Um, and that is definitely being blurred now in our culture where um, there there are no distinctions anymore. Well, what about, what about got about two or three minutes left, but I want to get this in because uh, recently we've had this, this idea that masculinity is, is bad, it's toxic. Talk about that. Well, um, masculinity is something that God created, and it reflects something of who he is. So in its essence, masculinity is healthy and good. Now, men and women are broken, so there's certainly broken masculinity and unhealthy expressions of that. But um, to call to all men broken, or I mean, to talk about toxic masculinity in a derogatory way is to defame the image of God in men. 
Um, and as Christians, of course, we want to move towards healthier masculinity, towards reflecting godly masculinity. Um, our, our culture is kind of schizoid on this. We've had all these allegations in the last six months about men using their aggression and their power and their strength to attack and abuse and harass women. And yet at the same time, like, like in my son's case, they want to have a guy do that on a wrestling mat. And, and that just doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, so there's definitely great confusion in our culture and in our broken world about what it means to be a good man. I think Scripture gives us plenty of good examples of healthy men who use their masculinity for good, and they use it to honor God. And that's what we want to train our boys to do, to become strong, healthy men. Mm. And I want to tell you that uh, these are very, very clouded waters. And, um, and, and always I uh, talk about the fact that as we have more and more differences with the culture, uh, we are engaging the culture. We must not compromise our values, but uh, we must always look for a way to um, live out our values in love uh, and not in um, anger or aggression uh, to those around us with a different worldview. And that's why I want to tell you that uh, focus on the family, not only in this topic, but in so many areas, and especially with Jeff Johnston, as we've just about exhausted our time today. But Jeff, uh, not only in his own life experience, but through his kids, uh, I want to tell you that uh, for resources for your church, uh, other areas, I hope that you will check out his work at focusonthefamily.com, focusonthefamily.com, and as he uh, addresses uh, well, marriage as well as homosexuality, gender, and healthy sexuality, all of our topics in this very short time that we barely scratched the surface. Uh, he's a great resource there, and I hope that you would take, uh, uh, take heed of that resource, especially if you have children, whether they're homeschooled, Christian school, public school, uh, the, the, the culture that has its tentacles coming into your home with all the social media, uh, you got to understand what our kids are up against. And, uh, and Jeff, just tell your son that uh, we appreciate uh, uh, him letting us um, be in on his story and tell him that uh, uh, we're proud of him. He made the right decision and that uh, we thank him for uh, his testimony because that testimony is very important to our discussion today. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for um, affirming his decision to stand by his conscience and uh, do, do the right thing in this instance. Thank you. Absolutely. Jeff, we look forward to our next time together, my friend. Have a very blessed weekend. Thanks, Bill. You too. All right. Again, that's Jeff Johnston, Issues Analyst, Focus on the Family. Uh, that website's focusonthefamily.com, focusonthefamily.com. And uh, tell you what, uh, we need all the resources that Focus has to offer. Well, coming up next, we'll head from Colorado Springs out to California. Time for a chat with our friends at Movie Guide and Ben Kaiser will be along. All that and more on the Bill Bunkley Show. Don't go away. We'll be right back. This is the latest from SRN News. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. A Florida police union is calling for more transparency in the investigations into the law enforcement response to a February 14th mass shooting at a high school that killed 17 people. 
In a Miami Herald report Friday, Broward Sheriff's Office Deputies Association Chief Jeff Bell says Sheriff Scott Israel should release all surveillance videos, audio recordings, and dispatch logs documenting the response to the shooting. Following a funeral service before 2,000 people, Billy Graham's family has placed flowers on his casket at a private interment ceremony. The private ceremony on Friday afternoon took place at his graveside in the prayer garden at the Billy Graham Library. Family members placed white roses on the casket when the interment ceremony concluded. On Wall Street, a mixed day as the Dow was down by 71 points to 24,538. The Nasdaq, however, rose by 77. This is SRN News. Who's happy to be at the game today? You know who's not happy? Your buddy Pete, stuck at home doing the laundry with his wife, who loves soap operas. Pete should have taken advantage of Sun Country Cleaner's wash, dry, and fold service. With 38 convenient locations in Tampa Bay and delivery, Pete could be here, dealing with overtime at the ballpark instead of dealing with an overflowing hamper. Sun Country Cleaners, let us do the laundry while you do life. Online at suncountrycleaners.com. Hey, my name is Brant. You ever make a change and then wonder, why didn't they do this a long time ago? That's what's happening for thousands of people with regard to their health care. They're joining MediShare, and then they're wondering, why didn't I already do this? For most members, it costs less than half what they were paying for their old health plan. There's a huge provider network, too. You can customize your plan, and this is awesome. MediShare members can go online with a doctor 24-7. So if you need a prescription for the flu or something, it's so convenient for you and your family So, yeah, this is one of those why did I wait on this things. And if you don't love your current health plan, you're not stuck with it. You can join MediShare anytime. By the way, to give you an idea, the typical savings for a family, about 500 bucks a month. It just makes so much sense. Check it out. They're super easy to talk to. Call 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. 844-41-BIBLE. Are you looking for direction in your life? Here's today's Pathway Minute with Dr. Robert Jeffress. There is nothing funny about greed. Greed can be very expensive. One person has said the busy executive who works from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. will be both very successful and fondly remembered by his wife's next husband. The price tag of greed, that desire for more, can include the cost of a marriage, a lifetime sentence in prison, termination from a job. Greed can ultimately cost you your eternal soul. Pathway Minute is produced by Pathway to Victory. To access the Bible teaching of Dr. Robert Jeffress, go to ptv.org. Sunday mornings at 9, join Rabbi Stephen Weiler for Heart of Messiah. If you are arrogant, remember that it is not you who supports the root, but the root who supports you. In verse 20 and 21, it says to the Christians, don't be arrogant. If God didn't spare Jewish people for unbelief, why would he spare you? Heart of Messiah, Sunday mornings at 9 on Faith Talk, AM 570, and online at letstalkfaith.com. Weekday mornings at 8. Join us for Moments of Hope. 
with David Chadwick. America is basically a meritocracy where your identity is found in what you do. And if we perform well, we're patted on the back. And if we're not, we're considered worthless. In Jesus, your work is not your worth. Moments of Hope, weekday mornings at 8 on Faith Talk AM 570 and online at letstalkfaith.com. On a Friday afternoon, and we are excited to have uh, Ben Kaiser with us. Quick reminder that uh, the Florida Strawberry Festival is underway this weekend. So as we're talking about maybe a little bit of a light weekend with new movies coming out, and one we're definitely going to give you the, the red alert on uh, that uh, certainly you don't want to see this one. But it reminds you that uh, a lot of folks love the Strawberry Festival in Plant City, and uh, it got underway on Thursday, and so that's a great venue. Ben Kaiser, Managing Editor for MovieGuide.org, is uh, with us. And I just mentioned .org because I hope that is uh, on your uh, PC, both home and office. And they also have two great apps. It's very, very important uh, from my vantage point that you have those so that when you're starting to make those last-minute decisions about where to go and what movies to see, or should you choose something else, tell you what, they'll keep you right on track. Not only do they have the website, they're a bi-weekly journal, and uh, not only the movie reviews, entertainment reviews, but the articles are just very, very awesome. And as Easter Sunday is getting closer and closer, keep checking your local listings, our local listings, I should say, for the Reels channel. And uh, either Easter afternoon, either watch it live or DVR, and that's the annual Movie Guide Awards. And uh, Ben Kaiser, it's good to have you with us this afternoon. It's really great to be with you, Bill. Well, I know that uh, earlier we were talking about uh, Dr. Billy Graham's funeral and uh, gave a chance for our audience to hear portions of that. Um, your boss, and that is Dr. Ted Bear, uh, is actually uh, there uh, in Charlotte, part of the, um, the funeral. But he's also heading back to uh, spend some time with another one of his friends, happens to be the former governor of Arkansas, Mike Huckabee. And uh, that's because uh, in the last 24 hours, Mike Huckabee, well, he was asked to be part of the Country Music Board, uh, Country Music Association, uh, Country Music Association Foundation. And, uh, and of course, we all know he loves the bass, got the music thing going. But uh, there were some folks there who um, were not tolerant of his Christian worldviews, not tolerant of his values. And within 24 hours, he just said, you know, I'm resigning. I'm not going to do this. Talk about that for a moment, Ben Kaiser, because I know we're going to get a chance to hear from Dr. Bear on his program. But this is just very indicative of the world we live in. We as Christians are supposed to be tolerant of others. But here we find no tolerance whatsoever for traditional family values, which are Christian values. Not to mention, so are, are we saying that somehow Mike Huckabee's Traditional family values and conservative values are are too much for country music. I mm. mean, this is this is country music. It's not like he's on a board for for some pop or a hip hop uh, uh, charitable foundation. This is country music, and it is absolutely ridiculous. 
that that there was so much uh, criticism uh, that he had to had to set that step down. I totally understand uh, uh, why he did so, but this is for charity, first of all. And uh, uh, what kind of society do we live in that you can't even uh, uh, be a part of a charity board uh, because you hold to traditional conservative values? It's it's absolutely ridiculous, and uh, I, I it, it's it's discouraging to see, but it's. In some, in some ways, it's not that surprising that there's there's that much pushback against what we know is right and true, and uh, uh, it you know it it really is sad and frustrating to see this, especially in country music of of all the uh, musical genres, uh, which caters the most w- uh, to the uh, conservative uh, uh, audience. Well, it's interesting because uh, I'm reading a note here from back in November. Not that I'm a big country western. Uh, a person myself, but apparently in last year's award ceremony, uh, Brad Paisley and Carrie Underwood sang a song, It's Fun to Watch uh, It That's True for Sure Till Little Rocket Man Starts a Nuclear War. Maybe next time he'll think before he tweets, close quote. Now that was uh, a hit on uh, President Trump. But here was, uh, I want our audience to hear from Mike Huckabee because I I think a great deal of our audience uh, uh, supports Mike Huckabee and uh, certainly uh, gets where he's coming from. He said, quote, if the industry, and this is the Country Music Association Foundation, if the industry doesn't want people of faith or who hold conservative and traditional political values to buy tickets and music, then they should be forthcoming and say it, Huckabee wrote. Surely neither the artists or the business people of the industry want that. And then he tweeted, got home from 28-hour trip from Taipei, out of the country, that lasted longer than my time on the CMA Foundation Board. Read my full letter of resignation and see that, quote, hate wins, close quote, and bullies care about themselves than kids needing music. Um, Tell you what, uh, we are getting more and more in a culture in this country the where we realize each and every moment uh, we are in a country that's not home and uh, we're under attack. And, you know, I thought what he said was actually right on point. If these these people that are making such a big deal over Huckabee's uh, personal and political opinions, okay, if they want to truly be consistent, then they need to turn to people that buy the albums, that buy the, the songs on iTunes, that purchase the concert tickets, and say that they don't want their support either. And of course, if they truly uh, were consistent in that, their their profits would go down. They would lose so much money because much of their fan base, most most of their audience base, is people that would agree with Mike Huckabee. So it is absolutely ridiculous. It's a double standard, and uh, uh, you know, people need to uh, you know wake up and and really see what's happening. Unbelievable, because certainly. Christian music artist, uh, that is a, a very large industry. But I got to tell you that I don't listen to a lot of country music, but I have listened to my share of songs or have had conversations about songs that God, faith, and Jesus certainly is a mainstream. And, uh, you know, this particular um, uh, agent who, uh, by the article that I read, uh, is a, a gentleman who is the same-sex uh, married relationship deal. Uh, it's kind of funny because, you know, if we went out and started singling out same-sex couples like uh, some of our 
uh, Bible-believing brothers and sisters get uh, singled out, the media would just come unglued. It, 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 it just Maybe Mike Huckabee is one of the ones that needs to call this out, especially and let country music fans know exactly how this came down. No, you're totally right. And on the flip side, like the obviously the country music fans are accepting of people that have different lifestyles, yeah. different opinions, and Christians are 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 for the most part have been accepting. Um, so it's it's totally a, a double standard, and people need to to open their eyes and and start being consistent in their ideology. All right. Now we're actually going to be positive here in just a moment, but hang with me. We're talking with Ben Kaiser at movieguide.org and make sure that uh, you have your home or office PC bookmarked there and either your Android or your Apple phone app ready to go because it is a great, great reference to all of the movies. Now, we're giving you a warning. We normally don't say much, but uh, I want to talk about uh, the new movie Red Sparrow for just a moment. We have some very, very strong cautions. Ben Kaiser, take it away. Yeah, so I'm not going to talk about the plot or anything. It's a new Jennifer Lawrence movie, and I just got to warn everyone not to see it. It is a really graphic movie. I won't go into detail. If you want to read the review, you can, but they're labeling it a spy thriller, and it is just way too excessive in content. I had to slog through it with my, my wife, and it was very troubling. So if, if you are a fan of Jennifer Lawrence movies or maybe you like The Hunger Games and you're thinking, oh, this movie might be kind of like The Hunger Games. It's not. It, you will highly regret it, not to mention it's way too long of a movie anyways. So save your money uh, because there's plenty of good faith-based movies actually coming out in the next couple of weeks later in March. So you can definitely save your money for some of those movies coming out later. Yes. And uh, I know we've got a couple of those coming out, and it's worthwhile waiting for them. And one of them, um, I'll just kind of tease a little bit, a song that a lot of us know as Christians, and the artist who wrote that song looks like we're going to have sort of a sort of a biography type of movie coming out. Yeah, it's called I Can Only Imagine. It's about um, Mercy Me's hit song, uh, I Can Only Imagine, which is actually the most played Christian a contemporary song of all time was written by Bart Millard, and it talks about his. Uh, it shows his life uh, from a, uh, a young child and how he was uh, uh, physically abused by his father. Uh, but uh, as he left uh, his, his family eventually to pursue music, he went back to his father and found out that his dad had actually uh, changed and found a, uh, found Jesus Christ and converted and completely changed his life around. So uh, it tells the backstory uh, behind the song, and it's really beautiful. I've seen it a couple times already. We'll talk about it more in the weeks to come, but it, it's a real terrific movie, and uh, we're excited for everyone to get a chance to see it. And that comes out March 16th. Yes, just stay tuned. And, in fact, that's why I mentioned earlier that uh, this might be one of those weekends that uh, it's in the early two or three days. The Strawberry Festival is underway. and uh, unless you are, are playing catch-up on some of the movies that have been out for a while, that we have uh, given you at least uh, an understanding that uh, might be something for you to see. Uh, again, hold off on uh, on a lot of new movies, and help is coming along the way. Well, let's talk about some of the great articles that are at movieguide.org. And uh, the first one is a few people see Oscars Best Picture finalists. Now, 
it's always this time of the year uh, until we get the Movie Guide Awards that uh, I just uh, uh, I'm a little put off by the politics of all these uh, awards uh, nights for various motion pictures. But talk about this article. I think a lot of people get annoyed about the how political how, how political these Oscar movies are, and we know this because the the box office uh, 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 gross of all the combined Best Picture nominees is at a six-year low. So that means uh, the Academy, they're nominating a lot of these niche, smaller, independent movies that have a lot more, you know, not, I was going to say hidden hidden messages, but they're not hidden at all. They're overt political uh, uh, agendas that they're trying to shove down people's throats. Uh, But of course, not many people are seeing these movies. So it's at a six-year low, whereas you look at the Movie Guide uh, nominees, and five of the top uh, movies for family audiences that Movie Guide nominated grossed over $100 million, whereas only two of the Oscars Best Pictures, which would be Dunkirk and the movie Get Out, grossed over $100 million. So when it comes to representation of, of what the, uh, uh, you know, the, the middle America, the majority of uh, Americans uh, uh, hold to in the movies they like. Movie Guide is way more in line with the majority out there than the Oscars, which more plays to the niche audience, the the edgy R-rated uh, uh, content that they like to push. So it's it's just an interesting uh, study of box office to see that they're at a six-year low in terms of uh, nominated movies uh, and their box office earnings. Mm. Sounds like a club that gets together like to pat themselves on the back, uh, go ahead and nominate the the, uh, the PC in crowd of the club members and sit around and feel good about yourself where, it, where, not even real, where they're not even realizing how far they're getting disconnected to the American culture. So anyway, that article, few people see Oscar's Best Picture finalists. Why? Because they're niche, just like uh, Ben Kaiser assured and pointed out to us. Well, Got another article, and that is, hey, moral turpitude clauses are returning to studios when it comes to their actors. Part of this is uh, uh, coming about in the article, hashtag me too, morality clauses return to Hollywood in wake of abuse scandals. Is this, uh, is this uh, from the heart? Is this uh, protecting themselves legally? Uh, is this going to last long? Your thoughts, Ben Kaiser? Well, it's primarily to protect them legally and financially, as you're saying. For example, when uh, it came out that Kevin Spacey uh, had been abusing boys uh, uh, for years, uh, Netflix decided to fire him from uh, their their one of their hit shows. They decided to fire him from some upcoming movies. They took a hit of around, I think, $100 million just to fire Kevin Spacey from, from all the projects that they were working with him. So that's a huge financial loss because of someone's immorality, because of one actor slash producer's immorality. So, we, I mean, we totally welcome the idea of bringing back moral clauses where people are held accountable for, for uh, uh, sexually abusing people, which is such a terrible sin and crime and they should be held accountable to. So we totally welcome these morality clauses. I don't think they have a, uh, you know, like you said, is it from the heart? I, I really don't think so. I, but uh, even so, if it if it really makes people double think, uh, uh, you know, bad choices that they're about to make, hey, I'm I'm all for it. All right. 
Now, the last article, and by the way, you can catch these at movieguide.org, movieguide.org. Many of you have, uh, with you, if you have small children and certainly are into the Marvel um, movie series of the um, the cartoon characters, um, you probably may have plugged into uh, Black Panther already, but uh, a Christian Black Panther actress shared an important message about identity on live TV. Ben, you actually wrote this one. Tell us about this. Yeah, La- Letitia Wright is her name, and she plays uh, Black Panther's younger sister, uh, Shuri, in the movie. And uh, she was raised in Great Britain, and she was doing a, a live TV interview the other day, and it was really actually powerful, the story that she told. She pretty much explained that she was struggling with, with acting and getting a good role, and it really became an idol in her life, acting did. And she decided to walk away from it for, for a bit to focus on her relationship with God. She said she converted to Christianity and uh, learned the important lesson that I think we all can uh, uh, remind ourselves of, to not put our identity in our work. Uh, our identity lies in, in Jesus Christ. And once she did that and came back to acting, not only did she land uh, a role in the Black Panther movie and in the upcoming Marvel movies, but she also landed a role in Steven Spielberg's new movie coming out in March. And it really uh, uh, helped her, uh, as she said, center herself, not in, in uh, you know, putting her value in getting the, the best acting role or, or in getting praise from, from critics, but in uh, uh, finding her worth in Jesus Christ, which is a really powerful lesson. She's 24 years old, and I think it's really cool to see uh, a young actress like this uh, uh, giving this young uh, this this great message to young people. So you can read that article at movieguide.org. I just thought it was an encouraging thing to see uh, from someone, and, and I wish her the best, and I hope she keeps speaking about her faith in the future because we need more uh, uh, young people to, to, to read stories like that. Absolutely. And so... I want to remind you that movieguide.org, it's a 501c3 organization, so if you utilize their services, well, I ask you to also to support their services as well. And again, uh, keep uh, tuned to the Mike Huckabee Show, uh, the next show coming up, because uh, Dr. Ben Kaiser, understand, not ben, Dr. Ted Bear is going to be there, according to Ben Kaiser, and that'll be interesting to either DVD, DVR or watch. Ben, as always, thanks for being with us this weekend. Look forward to our next update where we'll have a little bit more positive things to say about some of the movies that are going to be with us here in March. Thanks so much, Bill. God bless. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. All right, going to wrap things up on this Friday afternoon. want to remind you that we have, I think, another guest. Uh, We have uh, uh, guests uh, this week uh, joining us for our pilgrimage to both Israel and Jordan. And maybe this weekend, if you've had a busy week, you can go to our website at letstalkfaith.com, click on the link under my picture, and take a look at our pilgrimage, our very, very specially designed pilgrimage to both Israel and uh, Jordan. You're going to get a chance to see Petra plus all the biblical sites, plus we've added that you're going to be one of the first people to be able to to visit the new United States Embassy, we're going to just drop by and see that, uh, at least from the outside, maybe do a prayer walk there in Jerusalem. Of course, we're going, uh, celebrating the 70th anniversary of the modern state of Israel and uh, that uh, opportunity for us to see some of the geopolitical important sites, northern border, southern border. Don't want to miss that. Catch it at letstalkfaith.com. Click on the link under my picture. 
Call us if you have a question, 813-515-1510, 813-515-1510. Love to answer your questions about the trip. Well, coming up next, my pastor, Dr. Ken Whitten on Living Truth, Open the Eyes of My Heart, Part 2. Hey, I'm Bill Bunkley. Until Monday at 4, thanks for being with us. God bless and good afternoon. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.